1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: All right, out we go to our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline and joining us from balmy Arizona, land of palm trees and swimming pools. National baseball reporter for The Washington Post, Chelsea James. Oh, Must be gorgeous out there, Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: a nightmare. (laughs) I landed in rain I. It was raining yesterday. It's just—it's unbelievable. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you
1: left DC thinking, oh, you know what? It'll be so nice to get out to the desert for a while, get a little sun on my face, and uh, watch yeah. a little baseball. And now you're just like DC, DC light. Yes. Yeah.
0: Can you imagine? I mean, the suffering is unparalleled. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw
1: our friend Stephanie Abstein uh, came through in the clutch yesterday. And delivered some hand no, no, warmers. No, no, those were Chelsea's. Oh, those were yours. Stephanie, Stephanie
2: got yours. Oh <laughs> my god!
1: Okay, I got my story yeah. mixed up. Will you be there next Tuesday? Yeah, because yeah, we're, we're will, coming, and we're going to probably need those.
0: I'm not sure, but I'm yeah, I'm I'm, I'm very giving with the hand warmers. I, I everyone makes fun of me for having them, but no one ever regrets what I do. So yes, absolutely. If I'm here, I'll I'll hand them
1: off. <laughs> uh, it's pretty genius. I love that. Uh, so give us kind of your rundown of of your spring training and and what the. Uh, the tour is going to look like, Chelsea. Did you stop at the, the Padres facility first? Was that first on the list?
0: Yeah, the, there's been my first stop, and, and I'll hit some Dodgers later and kind of get all the big Arizona teams and then head over to Florida. So, But, yeah, I think, I think the Padres are a lot of people's first stop right now. The, the excitement and the, the money they're spending, it's, it's a fun place to be around.
2: Got to be there uh, when yet another player addition was at least reported yesterday, if not officially announced. Uh, Michael Waka, one of the last uh, free agents pitchers on the market. And uh, I, I don't know, it's not even a surprise anymore. I grew up as a Padres fan, and you know, every four years when they signed a free agent, it was a cause for celebration. Now it's you, you kind of almost assume that if there's someone being talked about on the market, well, obviously he's going to end up with the Padres. It's a whole new world for us.
0: It really is, you know. I was, I was, even last year at this time, I remember there were some depth questions in the outfield, and it felt like there might still be roster holes. And then this year, when you walk in that room, I mean, I was kind of shaking my head at some of the names that are are borderline to make this roster. I mean, the depth is is really something, and I think it's become, like you said, a destination for people too, which really matters because I think I think LA has been a destination for a long time, and if you're starting to sort of pry off some of those guys that might have gone a little bit north of here, you're you're doing something right. But, yeah, Walker's going to be, be big for them, obviously. Like, they needed some kind of rotation depth that wasn't going wasn't gonna to break the bank, and that seems like a pretty good fit.
1: Talking to uh, Chelsea Jaynes, national baseball reporter for The Washington Post, here on Ben and Woods this morning. I, I hate the word vibe. It's very overused. I try not to use it, but I'm trying to think of a better word. What was the, what was the vibe, Chelsea, had spring training yesterday for the Padres? What other word could I use? What, what was the mood?
0: Yeah, it was good. I think I mean everyone was cold. That was for sure. Um, but it was it was a a really interesting time to be there because Juan Soto showed up and um, you know and Bogart spoke and and I think the thing that was obvious to me just being in in there yesterday was what kind of influence Andrew Bogart might have. I I had personally not spent a lot of time around him during his Boston years, and it's just very evident that he takes this very seriously. Um, His locker is right next to Soto's, who also takes things very seriously. And I think that duo, but but Bogarts in particular as a veteran player who's done this elsewhere, uh, I think there's going to be people held to some high standards around them. And and I I think that's obviously a great thing. It's not that it wasn't happening before, but I don't think you can benefit enough or have enough people who sort of raise the expectation level among players like that.
2: Chelsea, here in San Diego, I think most Padres fans are are pretty eager to – Forgive Fernando Tatis Jr. and excited to get him back on the field, but I'm curious from a more national neutral perspective what what's kind of the view? Is there skepticism of what Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be? Do you think he can still be the the superstar face of the sport that everyone was expecting, you know, before last year? Or is that is that out the window now because of the the suspension and, and what he's going to have to deal with coming back?
0: That's a really good question. You know, I think that baseball fans, as as uh, tightly as they hold to history, are pretty forgiving uh, of of things like that, by and large. I mean, you know, watching the reaction to him at FanFest from afar was really interesting to me. I think I expected there to be more hostility, more disappointment. And it seems like everyone was just really happy he was there. And, you know, talent wise, there's no reason to expect he he can't be what you thought he was if he kind of gets his feet back under him. So. You know, I you like to think that this has sort of woken him up to to the fragility of all this, and and if that's what it takes for him to sort of make the most of his talent, if if having Soto and Bogarts and people like that around, obviously we know the Padres are, are keeping a close eye on him too. Now it's you know everything's in line for him to sort of recover from this, and, and at this point it's up to him, and he seems to be aware of that. Uh,
1: talking to Chelsea James here on Ben and Woods this morning, and I, I want to go back a little bit to the the Soto and and Xander. What you said about them, I, I loved what Xander had to say yesterday. You know, talking about how he's he's the shortstop and he doesn't want anybody to come and take his position. And and it's a weird position for Padre fans to be in when you legitimately have four guys, maybe five, that can step in and play uh, shortstop and do it really, really well. But the, the like you mentioned, the work ethic. You covered Juan Soto for a long time, and I know he did not get off to the world's best start uh, in San Diego. But uh, when you watch him and, and you know his work ethic. What are you expecting from him this season? I know it's hard to prognosticate, but just knowing what you know about him.
0: You know, it's it's really hard for me to bet against Juan Soto, um, just as a rule. Just I've seen him since the very beginning of, of his hype train and he's the real deal. Like he really cares. He wants to be good and he cares about baseball and, and he, you know, cares about maximizing his abilities. And I thought it was interesting yesterday to hear Bob Melvin say, and I, I don't think it was lip service, that, you know, Juan Soto wants to prepare to play the outfield. He wants to know where he's going to be. And so they're going to keep him in one spot. I mean, I think that's the kind of value you're getting. It might not always show. I know he has, you know, he's not the best defensive outfielder you're going to see, but like he's going to give you the absolute best effort. You're not going to see him, you know, not try to improve at that. And I think that's why I bet on him. And that's why I think he'll, you know, with a year under his belt in San Diego, some more comfort in the division, everything like that, you know, I expect him to be Soto. That, is, that we've known from from
1: years past. Isn't that crazy too? Because as fans, I I think I think that's all you can ask for. I mean, no one's going to be perfect. Nobody fields a hundred percent of the balls that are hit their way. It's it's the effort. It's knowing. It's just knowing that hey, man, sometimes you can put in an inordinate amount of work into this game and it still slaps you down. Um, I, I love to hear that. I think Padre fans need to hear that. You know, knowing what kind of guy this guy is, because everything does to some players it looks like it comes very easy when we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and and how hard they're preparing.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And I, you know, I haven't seen, I I remember when Juan came up and and played left field, it was a bit of an experiment and um, you know, he kind of had to learn a lot basically. Uh, And I think he's played there a few years now. He, He kind of knows what he's getting into. And I think that it's, is not to be dismissed, but he now knows what he isn't great at. You know, I think he's probably had enough time to sort of understand what his limitations are, and he's somebody that that doesn't, you know, I, I gush about him, but I think he's just very matter-of-factly intolerant of, you know, being mediocre, and I think, you know, that's a very rare breed, and um, so he's going to be the best he can be, whatever that is, I, I don't know in that field.
2: Chelsea, the, the Mets and the Padres aren't the only two teams spending a lot on their rosters, but it does feel like those are the two that are getting at least the most side-eye glances from fellow owners. The Mets for simply the the vast quantities of money they're spending. The Padres, of course, for doing so in a market not traditionally known for spending that much. What do you think kind of the long-term ramifications are for what Steve Cohen and Peter Seidler have been doing these, these last couple of years? You
0: know, Cohen is... I don't you know, people talk about Cohen as sort of the big game changing force, but I think what the project are doing is is potentially as, as sort of like transformative for attitudes around the sport if anything. If it if it works, if there's no some some major financial issue that emerges, but you know, they obviously seem very aware of of wanting to spend and get revenue out of spending and that is something in theory that everyone else could do. You know, and if it if it works for them and continues to go well, you, know, you sort of look at other markets and you have to say why are you doing this this clearly is something that you know you have said for years you can't do but someone's doing it um and i think they're just kind of making everyone look bad and that's obviously not something other owners billionaires like to feel um but you know i don't it's, it's almost undoubtedly good for me if, if all kind of continues well and i saw you know, Kevin A. C. wrote about the finances, and and you know, those people in the front office kind of acknowledging that this is a little bit of an experiment. They don't know how long they'll be able to sort of sustain this pace. But, I mean, look at what what's happened in a few years with this. It's, it's it's transformative, and I, yeah, it, it makes sense that other owners resent them because, you know, they're kind of just making them look stupid.
2: Peters, we know Peter Seiler. He seems to be the least worried person that that I've ever met. So <laughs> if he's not going to worry about it. I don't know that I should be sitting here and and wringing my hands about how much he's spending. Now, if there is one thing to worry about, and I'll I'll finish with this because I I saw you tweeting about it and covering it, a lot of revenue for baseball teams comes from their local television deals, and the Padres are one of those that – have a bally sports deal, Diamond Sports Group, and um, you know they declared bankruptcy. Uh, what's the kind of latest on that? I know you've been covering it, and and do you think that uh, it could end up being a problem for a, a a good handful of Major League Baseball teams?
0: I think it could be a short term problem. Uh, my understanding is that the payments that Diamond Sports are currently missing are not the rights fees payments; they're they're interest payments. So as far as I know, and I don't know what happens if they officially declare bankruptcy, which they haven't. Um, The money is still going to teams as of this moment. But I think, you know, this traditional model we've all gotten used to of these cable deals, you know, that are providing so much revenue to teams was going to have to change. And I actually think that the the bankruptcy, if that's where it goes, is just going to hasten that process and force Major League Baseball to figure out how to do this differently because the sh- in the streaming era with the blackouts and you know if you didn't have local cable you couldn't watch like that's something they needed to fix for a long time and i think this might give them an opportunity to do that so short term i think it's going to be very stressful for everyone I-, I don't have a sense that the financial implications are going to be vast or immediate for individual teams um, but i do think it gives them a chance to rethink this and and potentially that ends up being really really
2: helpful in the long term well chelsea it was great talking to you if uh, we could order up about 72 degrees if you could work on that by the (laughs) time we get there next week we'd appreciate that yeah
0: i'll do my best for
2: sure (laughs) chelsea Jane's uh, washington post with us on our premier chevrolet of carlsbad fan hotline save money the right way with premier chevrolet of carlsbad visit them today in the carlsbad auto mall chevrolet find new roads okay picture this